so now it's a matter of us pulling it all together to light the whole joint and, and putting on what I think will be a brilliant showcase for the sport. Yeah, we'll be honest with ourselves next week as usual and say, okay, it's a stonking result, but what could we have done better? Finding that passion for racing again. You know, stop looking at it like my job and, and go back to just doing it because I love racing cars and I love competing and that's really what's changed this year. Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. Welcome to Inside Supercars and the second of our Fathers series. This uh, week featuring Sam Tibasquale. We continue our series uh, talking with uh, Sam about his son Anton, who is fast becoming one of the hottest properties in the driver market. Later on, we hear from Romy Mayer, the German engineer who just experienced her first season as team manager for Triple Eight Racing Engineers Super Two program. Romy has an interesting story, as you will find out today. And Scott Sinclair on his thoughts about leaving the Ultima in the garage in 2020 and what next for the team moving on to the Mustang. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck. For Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas, there actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Dick Johnson from DJR Team Penske. And you're on Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock on Inside Supercars. I'm talking here with Sam DePasquale. What has he got in common with a race driver? He's the father of Crap. Anton's son. So, welcome on board, Sam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Look, um, we just want to find out some background about Anton and yourself. Um, you're from Melbourne, born in Melbourne. I was born in Melbourne. I was born in Werribee. Werribee. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, obviously of Italian parentage. That's right, yeah. When did they come out? My dad first came out in 1954. Okay, yeah. just, just after I was born. They obviously so it was a good place to come. Yeah. Um, and tell me, market gardening is your business, and was it his business as it was, well? Yeah, it was my dad's business too. He, All right. He, yeah. And, and Anton uh, is, is possibly not going to follow in the family, but maybe he will. I hope he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, not a nice job. It's a hard work. It's hard work, and um, feeding a nation's a good time anyway. It is. Uh, I don't know how appreciated we are, but anyway. Oh, I, I, can I say that <laughs> maybe I'm not one of the vegans of the world, but you know I, we do appreciate. It. What do you actually grow? I grow a lot of cauliflowers and artichokes these days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And and do you actually sell direct to a market, or do you have a? I, I do sell to the Melbourne markets and um, also interstate, okay. depending on demand. All right. And and tell me, the motor racing bug, when did that uh, bite Anton? Um, look, I tried to get in, get him into it when he was, uh, I think he was only nine years old. Done, didn't think I, I didn't think he liked it. Well, I wasn't sure about it. Right. So went away from that, went to football. So it was go-karting to start with? Yeah, go-karting, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we went back to it at, I think he was 
12, almost 13 years old when we okay. went back to it, and um, he loved it. Yeah, and it was great. Well, the great thing is that you know, while he might love it, he's also very good at it. Can I tell you? Well, that's the unfortunate part because he, <laughs> he, he he became good at it, so I couldn't just not keep on going, mm. <laughs> and it became expensive. So yeah, okay. But what do you do? You got someone that's got a bit of talent. Well, and he wanted to keep on going, and I did too. So he he hasn't got a a bit of talent. He's got a lot of talent. Yeah, he's. he's I mean, to, to roll into Bathurst last year and to qualify in the top ten, that's pretty astounding sort of stuff. And as he's shown, you know, most of the tracks he's gone to, he keeps on doing it. It must be very pleasing for you to to see him achieving this. I'm very pleased. I I, I always thought he had the talent. Well, I knew he had the talent. He just needed to go. Um, I'm glad he's doing well because uh, he deserves it. Yeah. He's put in a lot of hard work. He's in an environment now, obviously, that suits him well. I mean, Dave Reynolds is obviously a joker and, and good fun and doesn't feel challenged by Anton. And in fact, he enjoys the challenge of having someone as quick as Anton. Yeah, look, I think they get along, get along well, you know. Um, it's good to be in that environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are environments you don't want to be in, but I think he's in a good environment. Okay. Now he comes and helps you. He does on the odd, on the odd days. Um, sometimes I might get stuck where I'll give him a quick call and say, "Listen, come out, give me a hand," and he'll plug in a, you know, give me a bit of a chop out. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I'd rather him not be out there. Yeah, okay. I like what he's doing now. So you and your wife, Michelle, and your daughter, who's... Katina, my daughter, yeah. And she's... Does she work in the business? No, no. She's no. a... She's a social worker. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, so Werribee South, and you've got... must have a bit of land there. Yeah, I've got approximately 20 acres that I'm working these days. I used to work more, but... I've had four back operations, so I've been forced to sort of right. pull my head in and back <laughs> off a bit. Okay. So, yeah, that's why I say it's not an easy job. Okay, yes, because I'm sure bending over all that amount is uh, going to get you in the end. Yeah. Um, you had very little motor racing background. Yeah, not much at all. I mean, the odd bit of drag racing back in the day, which I was pretty good at, actually. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, I, I, I wish I'd done circuit racing, but because yeah. I could see more um, more fun in that. Mm-hmm. You're racing more, are you? Drag racing, you know, nine seconds, and you're, you're done and dusted. But at least yeah. with circuit racing, you're, you're doing 20 laps or whatever you're doing. It's, I think it's a bit more fun. Did you go get to go and see Anton races in England? I was over there in um, Germany. Germany, right? Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a few of his races. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. would have been good fun for you. It was. It was good. Um, it was unfortunate because I mean, he loved being there. I thought we were struggling. Eventually, we we're going to struggle, and that's what happened. I mean, it just became too expensive, and I couldn't see a um, a way out to stay there. But he was he was devastated to come back. enjoying it. He's shown uh, you know given the right circumstances and obviously a, a car and a team that he, he can actually get the results that you expect and he's certainly showing that. 
Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I think if everything clicks, he's he's he's, he's very quick, um, and he adapts well. He seems very unflustered as, as well. He doesn't. That's probably his best qualities. Yeah. That he's very calm. Yeah. Um, Which is not Italian, without being rude or crude <laughs> or anything like that. It just. Yeah, that must. I don't know. That must come from the mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's very he's very calm. That's probably his best qualities. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so look, he's a delight as a journalist. He's a delight to go and talk to. He's open and fresh and, and doesn't feel at all, you know, intimidated or anything like that. And it's good to see because in the early days he was a very shy kid. Yeah, I, I remember him when he was at Sonic. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I can vividly... Marie's been a particular friend of mine for a long time. Yeah. And she'd say, come and meet young Anton sort of thing and there'd be this you know, very shy young man. And yeah. I know, look, he, he's been fortunate because one of the things in... in any sport, I'm sure, but I don't know many sports. I know motorsport. And, yeah. and the thing that you do is you look at the people who've chosen somebody to assist. And when Paul Morris and Mark Larkham and those guys are getting behind somebody, you know that that person is of quality and worth being involved in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they, they helped a lot. And, uh, and that was good, you know. Um, I could only bring him so far, you know. I mean, when it gets to the professional end of it was good to have people like that that supported him, helped him. Did you did you do the go kart dad thing? I did. I did all the go karting stuff, but and again, I, I had no experience. Yeah. I was learning. I was trying to learn as fast as what he was trying to drive. I met a young, <laughs> uh, an eight eight year old kid, a go kart. He's an absolute wizard. Eight years old, and he's just fantastic. Really nice kid. Comes from Mount Gambia, and his biggest handicap was his dad. His yeah. dad was touring around football. Yeah. But he had no idea about go-karts. He said he couldn't teach his dad anything about it. So that was a big learning curve for you. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was huge. I mean, look, I, I probably cost him, I don't know, three or four state titles. <laughs> you know, one particular one, the wheels come off and roll around. <laughs> you know? But, um, that, and that was a, you know, that was a pleasing thing. I mean, I'd make stuff-ups and he wouldn't come into the pits and yell and scream and whatnot. He'd just... Yeah, you know, there's another race tomorrow, or the, we'll do a right next race. So that was a good thing about it because I did feel bad. <laughs> Sam, as a father of three, I can tell you it's not good luck that's got him to where he is now. It's good management. Now maybe you didn't see it as being management through the go kart days and things like that, but it's your your demeanour, your outlook, and the way in which you tackle things. It's it's obviously been a lead. You and Michelle have helped him get where he is. So congratulations and thank you for your time talking on Inside Supercars. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two lovers to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to have, um, take the win off him. So, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Rapsdale family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones I'm from the Cool Drive Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Super. Bromie Mayer joins us now on Inside Supercars and it's a pleasure to speak to you. How, my first question is an obvious one. How does a young girl from Germany end up in Australia working on supercars? Yeah, thank you for talking to me. Um, well, it started um, 
in um, in school, well, I don't have a family with a motorsport background. Well, obviously, most of the families in Germany watch Formula One because there's a lot of uh, German race drivers there. Especially when I was young, was Michael Schumacher was obviously very big. Um, I was always pretty good in math and physics in school, and from there, um, it was more my dad pushing me a bit in the direction of engineering. So though still, as a, yeah, you said, a girl going into engineering was quite intimidating as well. I thought always has to do something with big machines, tool, and only man around. But actually, it's it's not all, it's not like that anymore. It is was probably never only like that. But there's really um, different kind of engineering. And what I choose first was actually um, uh, it's called industrial engineering. So it's a mix of engineering and management. I did that for three semesters, so one and a half years, and then I did an internship with uh, Mercedes, the road cars, because that's actually the area where I'm from. So I'm, I'm kind of grown up in an area where there's a lot of automotive industry anyway. And um, I saw, I, I worked in this department where like the, the, the guys who do all the controlling for the launch of the new cars come together with the engineers and work out on the time frame. And I thought like, actually that job with engineering, doing the designer, that's much better than just being in the middle and trying to figure it all out. So then I changed my subject at, at well, my whole studies to automotive engineering. And I went to uni in Esslingen, which is a town close to Stuttgart. And it's, uh, it's a pretty uh, famous uni for automotive industry, uh, automotive engineering there, because the automotive industry is, is pretty big around there. So there's really good input from all the companies there. You learn hands-on, you get insight into um, Audi, Porsche, Mercedes. So that was um, my first hand-on experience with um, automotive. And within my studies, there was a race team. And that was the very first time I got to work on a race car, go to a racetrack. And since then, I, I knew I wanted to work in motorsports, yeah. And then after uni, then I, I got a job with HWA in the DTM team of Mercedes as a junior data engineer and worked there for five years. And then I thought it's time to change it up a bit. And I was into, I um, was happy to leave Germany, but I still wanted to work in uh, motorsport in, um, which is high, with high technology on like high developed. And then I, and I thought, oh, England, the weather's also not so nice, so I better come over to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so did you apply for a job with Roland before yes. you left Germany or did yes, you just come right. over here on a whim? No, yes, I actually, it was that year or the year before Triple Eight went to three cars. They just announced it. I saw that on the motorsport news. They announced they have gonna do three cars the following year. So I thought, oh, they might meet some engineers then. And yeah, I applied and we had some Skype interviews and uh, then I he said, all right, come over. <laughs> so you come over as a number two data engineer? Uh, yes, so e the, each car has two engineers and there's the race engineer and the data engineer. So I was the data engineer from Jamie Cup with David Couchy as a race engineer. What was the biggest difference between what you did in Germany yeah. to what you're doing here, yeah. other than you have to speak in English? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, the biggest difference definitely the size of the team, which then in leads to the role you're having. The race team, especially the DTM teams in Germany are really big, like the, the companies were 250 people and 
there's like a whole design department which has 60 people and then there's the travel people like other 60 people traveling so the same goes then obviously to your job is not as wide as it here you're very specialized and it's um it was very different because m most of my job was just looking and analyzing data especially because this car has much more aero than the cars here so it's more in that direction it's still similar job in the end you want to make the cars fast and find all the the small uh, time gains everywhere but yeah the, the job here is much wider than over there for sure yeah this year has been quite a change your own car yes yeah it's very different no it's good I, I really enjoyed this year working as the race engineer the main engineer on on the super 2 car with um, especially also working with Kurt um, we, we knew each other from before because he was a mechanic at Triple Eight, so that was handy because we got along anyway um, now the job is very different again and um, it's better obviously you can make your own decision you make your own right decision make your own wrong decision and then to Stanford you have more responsibility and especially um, working as the leader of the team so you need to um, organize the mechanics make um, trying to speak the, it's the right language not German English it's English but um, yeah that they understand what you really want and how important is what and and that, that's can be challenging or that's something you just don't think about when you when you when you imagine that role um, yeah but it's uh, it's really good and um, no it's been a good journey this year it's interesting you talk about the, the people management side mm -hmm. of uh, what your role becomes because that's one thing that fascinates me because your training is yep. all about numbers, data, yep. uh, change, response, yep. but as you go up it becomes less and yep. less that doesn't yes, it? Yes, correct. That's, yeah. that's correct. What that's do you same. do to, to develop those skills yep. when you've developed these other skills to, a, to that point? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, yeah, I'm done. Um, what did I do? Yep. Okay, I'll yep, re-ask the question. Please, please. <laughs> it's a, one thing is that you develop as an engineer, you develop yep. the skills on yep. the data and yep. what changes do yep. what, and and mechanically, yep. A minus B yep. is always C, you know. Yep. But to a person, yep. to have to have people management skills, yep. A minus B could equal yeah, yeah, yeah. any other That's combination yeah. of characters. And it's it's um, interesting because it's there's two phases of it. There is a one the management with the with the mechanics, and then also the driver. Because yeah, we like I said, there's this language we need to. How much is I have a lot understeer, but a lot understeer can be different to each driver as well. And this is the thing you learn on the way. But also, for me, I I actually listen to a lot of like podcasts and audiobooks across different industries as well um, so there you get always an insight and like how like in general like the world is developing and what's peop what, what is important when you work in, in companies or in teams and everything so I think you get a bit out of there as well. Have you found that making those decisions has been hard for you to make that adjustment to all right driver says this I'm going to do this and then relaying that on. Have you had any difficulty oh, with that sure. responsibility? Uh, well, this is the thing you learn on a way because, yeah, like I said, last year or whatever, you we make, or I was always in discussion or like 
talking to David Couchy and stuff, but in the end it was his call and now it's my call and then you need to stand for it if it's wrong as well. But I think this is just a journey. You obviously want to make it always right, like from the beginning it's not happening like that. There's, there will be ups and downs and we had that even already starting the whole year. Like um, we came out of Adelaide, I think with negative points or so, <laughs> because we crashed in the first and got a fine in the second. So yeah, it wasn't a good start at all. But as you saw throughout our result throughout the year, progressed quite well. So I'm happy with it. But same, every race weekend you start kind of from zero again, especially because I don't have the experience from last year. I don't have any notes to look on back on. So you kind of work your way throughout the weekend. and. This, it's not always right, but that you always learn something, even if you make a wrong decision, a wrong setup change, and then you're like, oh yeah, that wasn't right, so then you can change it back. What is your end game? What's the pinnacle for your career? What's your goal? Um, well, I th my goals always change. Like, I don't have an end of career goal, I have like a five year goal, and I was always like that. Like. Back in Germany, I always wanted, I actually wanted to work in, in Formula One, but then it changed. So I'm like, oh, no, I want to work somewhere where I can enjoy life as well. And then um, now when, came, when I came here first, I just want to progress in supercars, learn how everything works. And now then going to um, as a, a race engineer and obviously then race engineering in the main series is at the moment my furthest goal where I'm looking at. <laughs> one good thing is that Triple Eight has got a very structured program and that is something that you know you always have to fall back on when you when you take this role mm. the programs there the structure and po processes are in place yeah, yeah that's and that's what we took over when we because obviously we started DS2 team from scratch this year so that was a challenge as well just building the team together and every place is all, it's all new paddocks and no idea how, how it will look like when we come here but um, we always had the structure we carry through the weekend is the same what we would have or what we're doing in the main series like our meetings our reviews data look, working with the driver sitting down looking at the um, videos at the data so that all comes from the main series obviously it's exactly the same structure um, how we go through the weekend and how have you been able to personalize the, the job yeah. to suit your way of doing things then yeah, within that bigger structure. Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually pretty interesting because I took on over what I had, what I used to use as a data engineer with uh, Jamie and Kauji where I would prepare a lot of the data side to my race engineer, which obviously more comes on, but I had that as a, my own personal mix and me and Kurt, even before we come to the um, racetrack, we sit together, have our pre-brief, that's all scheduled as well. And um, yeah, so that obviously you take on what you develop yourself, but then also what you learn from the guys who had been, or have been doing it for much longer. Have you enjoyed this year? Yeah, a lot. Like I said before, it's been a really cool journey and I hope we finish very strong and we had um, podiums since uh, since uh, was that first one in uh, Townsville since then it's podium every round and now it's been going very well and we still like I said we learn every race weekend but as long as we can stay up strong I'm very happy well thank you very much for your time yeah and thank you so all the me. best for 2020 <laughs> thank you well Tony one of the interviews we were going to do a bit later in this series was with Scott Sinclair who has just left Kelly Racing as their team manager after six seasons with the Brayside outfit.
he has been selected now as an independent commissioner taking over the position that was vacated by Neil Crompton so I thought being that the news is broken here we'll hear from Scott Sinclair well, Scott Sinclair, the end of an era with the Ultima's final race at Newcastle this weekend. How do you feel? Because you and your engineering team have, you know, you have literally spilt blood over these cars. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a massive journey, a massive effort, and there are a lot of challenges early in the program um, with the engine in particular. And uh, we've we've worked through it and come up with a package now that's really competitive, uh, engine-wise. And then, but in the meantime, all the other the other two manufacturers have come up with an aero package which is now comparable to ours so it just I think Todd was quoted during the week as saying the timings just haven't lined up and that's exactly right it's just been a it's been frustrating but at the same time you know we're still competitive we're still you know on the inside the if we do everything right of a weekend we're inside the top 10 so um, you know we're proud of that but um, there is certainly an element of, of um, disappointment with how the lack of results you did everything in-house and it's almost as if you'll never see someone try to do that expansive a program again because of just the the sheer cost yeah well the cost was a big thing but also I mean there was no there was no one we could rely on to help at the end of the day Nismo uh, were certainly supportive in the early years but they the pace they were able to move at was nowhere near as quick as the pace that we were required to move at in terms of engine development so um, we sort of had to we, we were forced to take it all on in-house and you know that it also gets forgotten that that was the start of the car of the future era as well so there was three things there was the the Altima aero package the Nissan engine and the car of the future all at once so no one you know that that was a massive undertaking and we've seen that the, the Volvo and the Mercedes go through it and they've sort of dropped off earlier than us but it, it was a significant undertaking and we were sort of walking through the through the water with um, a blindfold on to a certain extent. And hands tied behind your back. It is no secret that supercars were putting impediments in your way. The engine you've got now isn't the engine that you wanted to roll out. And then a year later, maybe not even a year later, six months later, they say to another team, oh, you can run that engine. Yeah, look, we... You know, you learn these things as you go, don't you? And there was some, some liberties that we, in hindsight, we should have just taken. Um, there's no doubt about that. And, and then the, the old saying, you know, it's better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. We probably didn't utilise that, to be honest. We we did it, um, you know, all by the book. And it's it, it probably did, um, you know, did hurt. And we've seen through through the, you know, the ZB and, and into the Mustang that that's probably the mentality that the teams have taken is, is a bit more um, push, push the rules a bit harder and that's probably netted them better results. It might be too close now, but do you look back, will you be able to look back at these years and with a, with a sense of pride and achievement of what you had done considering the, the, the way it all had to play? Oh, absolutely. You know, look, you see those, um, the, the, the touring car displays or the Super 3 cars going around. I think when this team and the, all the people involved in that reflects on, on it and sees those cars running around, and, and I think that'll, there'll be a great deal of satisfaction um, that we'll feel from that. And, 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 you know, when you get a chance to poke your head in a, these cars in, in five, ten years' time, I think all the memories will come flooding back. Look, there's been some hard times, there's no doubt about that, but I think... You know, we, we, aside from the sort of the first year and, and into the second a little bit, we haven't, um, 
we, ha we haven't disgraced ourselves by any stretch and we haven't been anchoring up the back of the field. In the second year, we were, on the, we were P2 at Bathurst. So, um, you know, that was, a, that was an interesting race in a, in a different story. But the reality was we were there when it counted. So, um, look, there's been some great stories along the way. There's been some challenges. But uh, I think um, when the dust has settled, uh, that there'll be a tremendous amount of pride in what's, what's occurred. Are you going to take a piece? of the car just to have as a trophy? <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. I, I, I like to look forward, but, you know, hopefully someone and, or somewhere can, can um, you know, box up or, or house uh, some really good good um, pieces of, of memorabilia and that, um, the, you know, the race fans and, and the team in particular can enjoy in the future. And what about that future? Mustang has been a giant killer this year, but... Uh, Looks like they're giving it new shoes in some respects when uh, they, we finish here at Newcastle. Yeah, look, it, it will be, and they'll, they'll, it'll be tweaked. And we've got confidence in the program that supercars are going through. But at the end of the day, it was time for us to to buy a bit more stuff. You know, we, we were just so stretched in terms of doing it all ourselves. And obviously, we're having to do the engine ourselves. So to not have to go to, to the aero test and, and fight tooth and nail is a big weight off our shoulders this summer. Um, and, and that's something we can really f start focusing on the little things again rather than worrying about the big things and, and the, you know, having, a, having a, the distraction of, of, of our competitiveness. You know, we've got uh, obviously full faith in the Ford homologation team, um, which being Penske, and they've proven over time that they've been able to, su to successfully homologate competitive cars. So, you know, despite the changes, and, and, and I'm all for the, the tightening up of the regulations, I, we've still got confidence that we'll, uh, we'll be provided a package that uh, is competitive. And with the diversification Kelly Racing has done, particularly in this year, uh, you're hopefully going to be able to keep everyone fairly engaged with a lot of racing next year. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, you know, it'd be great to have the Nissans in the DVS series. They're, they're clearly uh, performing well at the moment. But, um, you know, our, obviously our main focus will be will be the Mustang and the Supercar series. And we've been a mid-pack team for a number of years now. And, and we need to um, figure out um, sooner rather than later how we get up to that sort of that top, top five consistently. Uh, and then we can start to look at how you win races consistently. But... You know that's the key for us, and and downsizing was a requirement of that because of the the um, uh, the dilution, I suppose, of the of the workload over four cars. I think it's important that we we um, solidify that the project and, and focus the project on on two cars and and uh, with Rick and Andre. Well, we hope you have a great Christmas, and hopefully you actually get to have a Christmas and New Year. Yeah, well, every. Every October, September, October, you look forward to Christmas thinking it's going to be quiet and then something inevitably happens and, uh, and it doesn't. So it, it'll be all hands on deck. But, um, you know, there is a good, good gap in the middle of the season to look forward to. But, um, you know, we're, 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 we're making positive steps and, and that inspires us to keep working hard through Christmas. All the best. Thank you. So. Next week on Inside Supercars, Gil Slade talks about Tim's supercar career and how he helped his son make his way to the championship. Until then, please stay safe on the roads this Christmas period. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.